Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Investors Advantage and the Securities America companies are separate entities. The opinions and forecasts expressed are those of the author, may not actually come to pass, and should not be construed as a recommendation of any security or investment plan. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Welcome to Fiscal Fitness with your hosts, John Grace and Daniel Medina. They have all the questions about investing, planning, retirement, and the future. You could say it's all they live for. While it can seem daunting getting everything sorted out and the important questions answered, they'll do their best to make it that much easier. Now, here's John Grace and Daniel Medina. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. John Grace and my good cohort here, Daniel Medina on Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. So delighted that you could spend some time with us this afternoon. Let me give you a quick overview as to what we're going to cover this this afternoon, because you might want to alert some of your friends. First, we're going to address uh, the COVID vaccine. Is it possible that you can get the vaccine and lose your insurance coverage? Is that even possible? You know, we want to make sure that we separate the news from the noise here. So we'll cover that. And then can you imagine that there might be ways that are legal to get free money for your children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or neighbors to go to college for free? Or, you know, you earn your way there, but you don't have to pay your way there. You know, that might be a pipe dream too, right? Maybe, maybe not. But how about learning from one of our good folks that we love to refer to who has successfully uh, proved this to be something that he did, where the colleges told him, you're good enough to go to community college. He says, no, my vision is bigger than that. And he managed to get to Boston University and finish with no debt because he made sure he was awarded close to $200,000 in free money so that he could get done there and his parents could cry because not only did he finish the, cross the finish line, nobody had any debt. Isn't that a wonderful thing? So we want to go over some examples of how this can be accomplished. And the good news is this is not pipe, a pipe dream. And then we want to look ahead because there's so many folks are suggesting this time is different. And we've, uh, Daniel has identified six ways to prepare for a market crash, which we'll discuss because suppose it's in the cards, suppose it's baked into the cake, and suppose you don't see what's coming. If it doesn't happen, you don't care. But if it happens, you want to be able to survive and tell your story. So we'll look at several ways that you can uh, weather a, a crash, no matter how bad the weather might turn up to be in a nanosecond, because, you know, things are happening so quick. And who thought we'd be halfway through the year so quickly as we are right here? And in fact, speaking of halfway through the year, if I'm not mistaken, today marks the beginning of a hurricane season. Ah, Well, isn't that interesting? It's one of those seasons we can see. And those of us, like my good family in, uh, in Louisiana, they're right on top of this all the time. In California, we're not. But we like to keep our eye on earthquakes, right? But who knows what's going to show up? And as I say, at the end of the day, we don't really care what the what nature might uh, put in our path, like COVID-19. How can we survive and thrive? So as you know, one of the things we like to do is talk about how the markets are doing, but not in the last nanosecond as to what it's done today, for example, because the problem there is it's very difficult, if not impossible, to discern any trends that might be happening in the market if we're looking at it day by day. So we look at it at least year to date, which means, of course, January 1, 2021 to today. And we're, what, about uh, 53 minutes away from the market closing. And by the way, sometimes you might uh, get in the habit of looking at where the market opens, but you might want to pay more attention to where the market closes, because sometimes you get a very different picture at the beginning of the day 
as opposed to the end of the market closing, where things just seem to fall apart at the seams, and, and you you left thinking that we were hitting new highs. And, and guess what? We're close to new highs again. Right now, we're at 34.6 on the Dow Jones Industrial Average, about 31 points up. Year-to-date, a great return, 13.03%. I mean, given how that's doing relative to cash in the bank, that's pretty remarkable for not quite six months of the year. When we look at the S&P, which we think is a better indicator of what the markets are doing overall, because we're looking at 500 stocks as opposed to 30 stocks, we see similar numbers, up about 12% for the year and almost a gain of 2%. Uh, right here, right now. Now, those numbers, 4,200 on the S&P, and again, 34,600 on the Dow, in um, our research team's opinion, represent what could very well be market tops. At some point, we know that trees don't grow to the sky, and trees grow to their limit, uh, and then sometimes the wind blows and they break in half. But what I'm saying here is, if if this is the top, where do we go from here? We all enjoy the melt up. But the question becomes, how well prepared are we for the meltdown? So that's part of what we like to do here with you every time we have a chance to share ideas on fiscal fitness here at Voice America to help you be prepared for the good, the bad, and the unforeseen. Now, looking at the NASDAQ, guess what? It's actually down 13 points, and it's up 6.67% for the year. So again, uh, 13% for the Dow, 12% for the S&P, and 6.67% for the NASDAQ in negative territory this year. That's one of the things we're watching for something called breadth or, or volume. When the volume is light, that's not a good sign. It's not uncommon for volume to be lighter over the summer. Many people are on vacation, particularly this year. But notice that uh, we sometimes see a pattern that we absolutely saw back in 00 to 02, uh, and that was the S&P and the Dow not participating. Well, there was a separation between the traditional stock markets, let's say the S&P and the Dow, and the new stock market that would be the tech industry, right, represented by NASDAQ. A separation between the two. Last year, it was the tech uh, that was hitting all-time highs. This year, a little more softness in the equation. And what we're looking for is, there is will there be a separation, as we've seen in the past, where the there's a tech wreck that leads the overall market in decline. So what we're not trying to do is prognosticate what's going to happen. What we are trying to do is to prepare for it no matter what. Then you don't have to care what the market does as long as it doesn't do that kind of damage to your portfolio. So uh, that's what we want to want to talk about today. Um, and we want to look at is the ways that you can prepare for a crash. But before we do that, let's look at uh, that, that scenario relative to um, what might happen once you get a COVID vaccine as far as your insurance is concerned. So Daniel, uh, you found this interesting. What did you see now, now that we have more than 167 million Americans who've received at least their first dose of uh, COVID vaccine, according to the CDC. First of all, very impressive how many people we got vaccinated so far. It's Hallelujah. Come along, it's come along so much faster than, than I think we originally anticipated. It, it's amazing, but it, it, people, are, people are still scared. They don't know what to expect. It's still, it's still a new thing and there hasn't been a lot of history. So people do what people do and that's believe everything that they want to without checking any facts. So one of the things that that we're hearing and we're seeing is people are scared to get the vaccine because they don't know how their insurance coverage is going to react. 
You know, it's funny you said something that Matthew's son often says, people are going to believe what they want to believe, right? They're just looking for a confirmation of what's rolling around in their heads or rolling around in their little silo of community and looking for that to feel good, but not really look, look, look having the capability of separating fact from fiction. So how, how, what do you see here in terms of what people have maybe led themselves to believe versus the facts? What people have led themselves to believe that is that if they get the vaccine, their health insurance policy won't cover them if something goes wrong or if they get the coronavirus. And really, that's just false. The CDC has approved and said this is not um, an experimental drug or experimental vaccine. So there's no reason that your health insurance company won't cover you in the event that you get sick from the vaccine or you get, or you get the virus. This is fascinating. It just goes to show you, as we talked about with our brilliant kids just last week, Daniel, that uh, so many of us, not these, this group of uh, students, our scholars, uh, but so many of us uh, really suffer from the inability to do critical thinking. So we seem to be very um, ready to accept whatever it is, like I say, that we just kind of want to believe and we're just looking for reasons, some of us. Uh, to not take the vaccine. This could be one of them. Uh, I, I was in Portland for, uh, as you know, to an old friend, uh, unfortunately passed away from uh, a, uh, it was tumor in the head, brain tumor. Uh, 55, I was, the only time I was in Portland was at his wedding and then I went back for his funeral. And one of the things that I noticed was uh, at the time, this is just a week and a half ago, the only 34% of the population had been vaccinated. And I'm like, good. Um, I told the wife that I'm only going to be there if I'm safe. And that means I have to get vaccinated. But I want you to know you guys are scaring me because if I had not been fully vaccinated, I would not be showing up here because who knows who's the carrier. And this, this COVID-19 is not done with us if we look at what's going around with other countries. So it, it's fascinating. So you can see clearly that there will be no effect on your life insurance, on your health insurance. Uh, this is not a reason not to get the vaccine. Would that be a, a quick summary? 100%. Uh, for, for life insurance, there was a rumor going around that Manulife denied a claim because someone died from the, from the vaccine. That's it. Manulife came out and said that's just not the case. That I love it's it. not going to affect any claims. Yeah, we've got to get better at encouraging ourselves and each other to do better critical thinking. You know, uh, I will always remember a, a neighbor pulling up, uh, and, and this was when I was a child in South LA, and he was pulling up and the, some of the other adults and myself happened to be in the, in, the, in the street, you know, right on the curb, having conversation. I'm, of course, in listening mode. Uh, he's older than I am, and he pulls up, gentlemen, take a look at my, my, my Mustang. I got a great deal. I got an eight-cylinder uh, car for the price of a six cylinder. And the neighborhood mechanic, Mr. Kemp said, son, uh, open your hood if you would please. And, and he had parked a little bit ahead of us. And he says, see, notice that this is a V6. And now he asked my father, open the hood of your truck. Notice there's a, this is a V8. See, here's an inline six, an inline six. This is a V8. See, you got four cylinders on each side. So I just didn't want you to believe, Mr. Kemp said to my younger, older friend, I don't want you to believe you got a great deal. I hope you did, but it's not an eight-cylinder engine. And the way I knew was by the tailpipes. Ford built the Mustang to have a pair of tailpipes on an eight and one single tailpipe on a six. So that's the indicator. It's not that I'm so smart, but this is what I do for a living. But that's my point, folks. Let's get to the sources and the people that are the drill, drill experts and get the answers we need before we jump to assumption, make assumptions and we know what happens when we assume. So we'll be back looking at how we can win college without going into debt right after our short break. Please stay tuned. Mm -hmm. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YB4.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, my friends. John Grayson, Daniel Medina here, Fiscal Fitness at uh, Voice America. So glad you could spend some time with us this afternoon. And so now that we've dispelled the rumor that if you get COVID, you lose your insurance, you don't. That's the truth. Let's look at another truth. In fact, we see that in the 2018 to 2019 school years, uh, students received over $41 billion in federal grant aid alone to help pay for college. Now, scholarships and grants aren't completely free money for college. You must compete for them, but they can save students and their families from debt. And that's what motivated Daniel and I to really look at the situation because we have several uh, millennials, for example, who are sitting on $80,000, $100,000 worth of college debt, and they just feel awful about it. And by the way, it makes them feel bad because they feel like they're kind of carrying this cross they can't put down where they have this load that interferes and impedes with how they want to live. Do I buy a house? Do I get married? Do I have children? It seems like I'm never going to get rid of this thing. So we have a genuine expert, not one who just looks at theoretical theory, right? <laughs> One who's actually walked the, the walk and, and talked the talk and can reveal five places to find scholarship money. In fact, uh, Trevor Ramos, our resident expert here, is with us. And what got us our attention is that he himself 
was told by the experts that he should only look at going to a community college. He was not satisfied with those assessments. He built himself a new dream saying, no, I can do better than that. In fact, I not only want to go to a four-year college, I want to go to Boston University and I do not want to pay for it. And he managed to find $178,000 worth of cash to finance his experience at Boston University. Now he's been in, he is in that business and been doing this kind of work for the last 10 years. So Trevor, give us a sense, please, of what you do and how do you do it? Well, yeah, that, John, that was an awesome introduction. Thank you for that. My name is Trevor Ramos. I'm the author of How to Get Free Money for College. And I help 9th, 10th, and 11th graders get scholarships and grants to expensive universities. I specialize in working with families who make too much money to qualify for federal and state grants, but not enough to pay full boat at some of these expensive four-year colleges. Well, I, I love the work and I wish I had known you or you had been around when I was looking at working with these college counselors that I thought were, well, maybe they weren't high price, but uh, they were paid good money. And unfortunately with Matthew and Mark, they didn't give me any tools or any information that I already have. So I was very disappointed with the results for paying for these quote unquote specialists from the standpoint of the results that they helped us uh, make come about because it was really much about very little at all. So let's dig a little deeper. Uh, I was just with a uh, gentleman yesterday over lunch, and I'm sure the family in this particular case, uh, it's over 200,000, and there are three children in the equation. One has gotten an arrangement to go to UC Berkeley. She's a smart girl, so the parents have to be smart too. That's what I told them. I can tell the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, but if I'm not mistaken, there's a, a new eighth grader that's also part of the equation. And so are the people who are making over $200,000 a year just stuck with having to pay the full freight because they can't get any kind of aid. They, they make too much money. Do you have an example like that that you can share with our audience? Uh, sure. Yeah, I could just start by an example. Um, very similar situation. I was working with a gentleman um, and his wife. They have twin boys, and the twins want to go to pretty much only Ivy League universities, and they make over two twenty-five, and we were able to secure them 49000 each, $49,000 per year to go to Columbia University. I mean, combined over four years, that's $392,000 in scholarships and grants that they don't have to pay. Wait, do those numbers one more time, please, because you, you ran through it pretty quick, and, and sometimes the numbers just don't stick. So, forty nine grand a year for someone making two twenty five to go to a Ivy League university times two, because that's twins, times four years, that's $392,000 that they did not have to pay for their kids' undergraduate education. So that means if you help do that and we help do this with our clients, we can all go to the graduation and cry not only because the twins finished college, but because nobody's left with a whole bunch of debt. I like going to graduations like that and crying my, my eyeballs out. That, that would feel really good. Absolutely. My, and I, graduation parties, whatever it is, I'll be there. And I, and I do it because, you know, I want kids to know and families to know that you don't have to uh, be elite. You know, a lot of times people think that these institutions are for the elite because they're so expensive. Um, and, you know, there are ways for, you know, a, a middle class family or upper middle class family. We know how expensive it is to live in, in California to be able to afford these institutions without mortgaging their home, liquidating their assets, things like that. And this is all legal. So I know Daniel has a question for you. 
Trevor, talk to us. How much does college cost nowadays? Yeah, so I, I thanks for asking that. So let's talk California because, you know, um, a lot of people come here. So Cal States are now, when you include housing, 30 grand a year. Okay, if you look That's up, not a bargain. Wow. Yeah, and, and it's not just tuition. You remember, there's fees, there's housing, 30 grand a year. UCs, 40 grand a year, 40, 40 to 42 grand a year for a UC. Uh, private schools, so your, you know, your typical private university, small liberal arts college can be maybe 65 grand a year, especially the Christian schools. But your Johns Hopkins, your USC, your, your Stanford, $80,000 per year. And let me give you some context too, because I might as well tell you this. If you want to get a grant from the federal government, a Pell Grant to go to college, your family income needs to be under $35,000 per year. If you want to get a grant from the state of California, your family income needs to be below $127,000 a year. And that's assuming you have six people in the household. Six people. And that's, that's that gross income or is that before that, that's adjusted that? gross income? That is huh. your adjusted gross income plus any contributions to retirement. So if you already are above those numbers, you will likely get hit up to pay full price unless you're you know, listening in on some of the secrets that we're revealing here for college. Mm hmm. All right. And, and what so, can you Yeah, Sorry, Daniel, go ahead. So if you make too much money, then what do they do? Yeah. So what do you do? So what do I do with people that make too much money? So the first one was what I love what you guys brought up. And that's kind of the trick that we use with the twins we talked about. When you have two kids going to school at the same time, whatever you're supposed to pay gets split in half. So you might not have twins, but you might have one child going to community college and one child going to a four-year college. You know, that's how you're able to get someone with a 200K income to qualify for money because they will have an increased financial eligibility because they have two kids going. And that means that if the school costs 80 grand and they will only expect that family to contribute $25,000, $30,000 for that one child, the rest of the money they will give you, right? So that's one example. And that's, use, that's using FAFSA and all that kind of stuff. Now, there are situations where we don't even bother filling out the FAFSA, although I do recommend for most people to do so because maybe the family's income is way above, you know, two, 300,000, or at least for that year, right? Um, in their case, what you want to do is you want to get the money based on the kids' grades and their extracurricular activities. Test scores, SAT and ACT is not as important as it used to be. You can get the money based on the kids' GPA and their resume, and you can target a school who is willing to pay a, you know, partial scholarship, a half scholarship, a full scholarship, for a kid who has good grades, it doesn't have to be straight A's. You know, it's all relative. If you want to get a, a $40,000 scholarship to North, you know, Northeastern, you're going to have to have different grades than getting a $30,000 scholarship, say, to Whittier College. It's all relative, but there is money out there for, for all kinds of students and, and all kinds of grade, grade point averages. When do your parents start the conversation? I think they should start the conversation uh, 9th, 10th, 11th grade. That's one of the problems. You know, the time to be thinking about how to get free money for college is not the last three months of your kid's senior year. You know, when that happens, you've already seen all the offers from all the colleges. You've already turned everything in. All the deadlines have passed for all the schools to accept you. All their scholarship deadlines have passed. And all that's left is you got to choose a college and you got to, you know, you have until usually August to come up with the money. It's, it's even very difficult to find private scholarships during that small window because 
their deadlines are earlier. But if you start 9th, 10th, 11th grade, you got a good enough running start to not only make sure that child meets the criteria to get a $100,000 scholarship, but also you're way ahead of all the deadlines. You can plan it out properly. And folks, just as you know, one of the things Daniel and I have learned from some of our savvy clients are the ones, the parents who make up the rules as far as what they're going to be responsible for the kids. I mean, in fact, the, the family I was visiting lost their father, their, their, the, the husband in Portland. Their mom and dad made the rule for Missy and Junior that it was one year of a private school of your choice. That's it. That's all, folks. Okay. So notice that what some of us do is we buy the kids wrapping us around their little fingers saying, oh, geez, mom, dad, it's taking me five years to get through GE. It just seems to take that long for everybody. And you just keep paying. Okay, honey, we'll do the best you can. No, make up the rules. Is it two years at Cal State uh, LA? Is it four years at USC? Look at the type of the school, not to say that they have to go there, but what kind of target are you trying to hit? Remember, our trademark is the proof is in the planning. So do you want to be prepared for one year of a private college? Is it four years? Is it SC? Is it Cal State? What kind of range are you comfortable with? And then let's see what kind of time you have to work with so that you can recognize what kind of goal you're trying to hit. And then it becomes a question of what kind of funds do you need to put aside at a rate of return over this period of time so that you know that pot of money is there. You're not having to take money out of your retirement account, which you are absolutely going to need or refinancing the house or, you know, getting a second on the house because you, that money you'll probably need as well. But once you put it on the line for the kids, it's all gone. It will, it will never come back. So we look at it from the standpoint that it makes sense to have more than one way to achieve any goal. Let's set aside the money. And then if we it's not needed, clearly that money can go elsewhere. Or let's make sure that we have plans where the scholarships or the merit arrangements can be put into place so that that can be part of the funds that are used. Or if it's a 529, one of the beautiful things about that is if you, we love talking with grandparents because one of the beautiful things about 529s is we say, you can be an Indian giver here. You can look at Missy or Junior and say, hey, we love you. And when you were born, we just knew you were an angel. Now, unfortunately, you've turned into a hell's angel. So we're still going to love you, but we're going to transfer this money. In fact, mom's going to um, uh, an East Coast school that's accredited and sh she can use that money to learn how to, how to, or golf, plot to play golf <laughs> with your money, bring it out and not pay tax on it. And dad wants to go to culinary school just right downtown here in town. But thank you for providing this these funds for your parents to enjoy. It's money that if anyone in the family can use, if the designated person doesn't need it, you can take that money and give it to anybody else in the family and pull it out when it's used at an accredited uh, college university without taxes. So there are a lot of ways to play the game, but let's make sure you hear what Trevor made a point of answering Daniel's question. Start in junior high. Don't do what most families do and wake up sophomore, junior year and go, oh my God, we have to figure this out. It, you're really, you're, you're behind the eight ball. What else do you have for Trevor there, Daniel? What about kids with special needs, Trevor? Can you do, do anything for them? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of times if a student um, has special, like, learning differences, their concern is, well, we don't want to send them to a school that's going to be death by examination, and they might have a very specific type of learning environment that they want to send the child to. And we actually can look at those schools, find the, the right learning environment for them, and still get them scholarship money. So just recently, I had a student get a uh, full-ride uh, $38,000 per year to go to High Point University. He also stays an extra year 
to get her master's degree tuition free. All they pay is the housing. And it was the perfect learning environment for that child. You know, we didn't want to send him to a school where he was going to really be struggling. And, you know, so that we, we can accommodate for that as well. Well, speaking no, you know of, what happened? I'm sorry. I mean, because you said something about 520. You know what has happened before? I have had a, um, a family that had 529 money and we didn't even need to use it because mm-hmm. they got a scholarship to cover uh, pretty much all their costs. So I just told them to save it for the grandkid that wasn't even alive at the time, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's redeploy this money. How do you like that? Keep it in circulation. Well, <laughs> speaking of money, how, what do you charge? I, I imagine that there's a scale depending on the work involved and maybe the work has something to do with the expense of the college. How's that all work with your trust? Yeah, yeah. My base rate is, is 6,500 and I do have, like I offer awesome payments. I really work with people to make sure that, you know, they can make it work for the right student. Um, and then, you know, sometimes if, if a student wants to apply to colleges that require a lot of essays and a lot of materials, or if, if it's a case where I'm meeting the student uh, as early as eighth, ninth grade, it just takes a little bit longer. So we can add like, uh, you know, a couple more, um, you know, a couple more dollars to that fee. Well, and one of the things, folks, that, uh, that we find interesting is that Trevor often likes to work with the student directly. So that takes you out of the equation. You can still fuss about the grades and did you make up your bed and are you respectful to your mom or not, but you don't have to beat them up because they didn't do the application the way you wanted them to do the application. Trevor will be on their side, but make sure that they understand he's their advocate, helping them to discover how to make this cash just flow. And you have to know once they start making the cash flow tap it, you have to imagine they will keep doing whatever it takes to keep the cash happening, which I think is a beautiful thing. They get to understand how to how to take care of themselves, you know, how to accept responsibility, uh, enjoy a sense of ownership at a very young age, and to see what uh, Trevor experienced, and that is causing your own reality to come into fruition. And, and what's better than that? So speaking of that, Trevor, tell us your story. How'd you get into this? How'd I get into I got into it through, through my own struggle. You know, John talked about it a little bit. I played football, ran track. I thought that was how I was going to get a scholarship. I went to Van Nuys High School. Um, at the time, our team, you know, we weren't huge contenders, and I wasn't really that fast anyway. So I realized I was not going to get a D1 scholarship to play football or run track. So I just had to make a decision. I sat in my counselor's office, and I said, what, what type of top schools can I get into with my GPA? 2.8 GPA, junior year. Um, you know, I showed her schools like Princeton and USC and Georgetown, and she just had to break the news to me. I just wasn't realistic. And, you know, I just decided I was going to try anyway and started really learning how to get better grades and how to study right and ended up with a, uh, with a 4.3 GPA my senior year. And I, you know, sent those, that, that report card to the, to the colleges, became a little bit of an admissions stalker. So every time, you know, there was an event, I was there and made sure they knew and remembered my name. And I ended up getting 165 grand uh, in free money. And then I got, got some, you know, some, some small like federal student loans as well um, in free money to go to Boston University. So it, it covered about 83% of my education and studied accounting. Great story. It's a Great really story. good story. Yeah. So on what, the job training. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so what tips do you have for parents? What tips do I have? So, I mean, the first thing is, you know, like when you ask the parent, like how much can you, you know, can you guys 
pay for college? You know, um, how much can you comfortably pay? Do you have 529s? And a lot of the times they, they, they don't have an answer for that question because they don't even know how much these schools are going to cost. So even having this conversation about how much these schools cost can give them some context. And if you can come up with a number, I can figure out how to get as close to that number as possible um, by getting you the rest of the money in grants. You know, that's, that's one of my biggest tips is to be able, if you can answer that question for me, it makes it a lot easier for me to do my thing. Right. So to you, the question you want to have asked to ask is, is what question? What can you comfortably pay each year towards your child's college education? So what can you comfortably, so that, that leads back to John's, John's point before, define what, as a parent, define what you're willing to do for your kids on a yearly basis. And then you can come up with the rest. No problem. Yeah. I mean, if it's a thousand dollars a year, if it's a thousand dollars a month, whatever it is, we can figure it out from there. But if you ask the average parent that question, the answer is, I have no idea. You know, so, um, that sounds right. That sounds like most people's answer. When well, it as I said, we wake up in junior year when, you know, junior missing like, oh, my goodness, it's time. <laughs> no, <laughs> the bell rung a long time ago, folks. So that's why we're saying let's recognize the pattern here that works, not the one that doesn't work and uh, get the kids. And you started thinking along these lines in middle school. Right. Uh, we're starting kindergarten or kindergarten earlier and earlier. Let's start the process of getting in these colleges because the way Daniel and I look at it is the, the primary reason the US of A has the highest cost for going to school and the highest healthcare cost is because we have no competition with other countries. Oh, that's really bad. So that means they could just keep right, right, increasing the cost better than inflation. We see colleges seven, eight, nine percent, uh, and that's going up right now because it looks like inflation is kind of rearing its head. We'll talk about that more in another show. But you know, it's it it really helps to make sure that you use time to your advantage and to uh, recognize that it's really kind of a racket. The school systems are for higher education. I mean, look at these schools. I, you think you're in Vegas, and we know who paid for that. So who's paying for the darn schools? Let's figure out how to get these kids out in record time with no debt, and they will they will navigate their next steps to figure out what kind of job they need to take, but don't get lost in the weeds. Oh, I can't figure out what my major is or I have to spend so much time with GE. No, get done in record time because the staff at these major universities love you. They will hug you. They will smile at you. They'll be very polite and take every dollar they can. It's called doing business in America. That's what it's called. So let's figure out how to recognize what's going on here and play the game to your advantage. That's what we want to do. All right. Well, Trevor Ramos, I think that will uh, do it for now. We're so glad. One, that, la uh, one last thing, Trevor. How can people yeah. find you? Oh, good question. Uh, Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, so my website is collegefundingremedies.com, collegefunding, R-E-M-E-D-I-E-S.com. You can call me, 626-657-7887. There's plenty of information on my website. There's even a webinar you can watch. But yeah, you can give me a call and um, be happy to, to help you through this process. And you have a book. What's the title of your book again? At How Amazon? to Get Free Money for College, available on Amazon. Beautiful. Everybody loves Amazon. All right, Trevor Ramos, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. And folks, we'll take a quick break and pick up uh, with the six ways to prepare for what might be just around the corner. Please stay tuned. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. 
at Investors Advantage Corporation, our trademark statement, the proof is in the planning, represents the value we see in hard work and perseverance, coupled with a sound plan for the future. With the challenges facing our country's frontline workers, we see a lot being asked and not a lot given in return. To reward our nation's frontline employees and clients, we're offering our financial planning services free for anyone serving in those roles. So whether you're a nurse, a member of the police force, or a retail employee, we'd love to sit down with you and help you plan for the other side of this pandemic. Please feel free to share this offer with the critical infrastructure workers you know who are providing services where they are most needed. Visit YB4.com or call us at 805-495-2077. That's YB4.com or 805-495-2077. We are located in Thousand Oaks, California. Thank you for your service and we look forward to lending a hand through your financial journey. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Fiscal Fitness. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to contact at ybpoor.com. Now, back to Fiscal Fitness. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. John Grace and Daniel Medina here, Fiscal Fitness at Voice America. So glad you could spend some time with us. And we enjoyed having Trevor Ramos help us understand how we can get free money for college legally. And that's just a beautiful thing as opposed to leaving people in debt. So in, in terms of leading people, we don't want to leave you to have bad things happen and you not be able to tell the story or just leave you so that maybe you survive, but you no longer thrive. And, you know, it's often the case that people want to know when is what going to happen. And let's just be honest, nobody can forecast the future. And, and in fact, notice that in the late 80s, we saw Japan just hitting new highs, just rolling in terms of, we knew Japan was going to be number one in gross domestic product. It was just irrefutable. It was it was absolutely destined to happen. And so we were resigned to that fact. But let's notice that that did not happen. And in fact, the Japan uh, economy, when you look at their stock market and their real estate prices, are still not as well off as they were 30 to over 30 years ago. So Typically, no one can call the bus that may disrupt your day when you and I are trying to jaywalk across the street is typically the bus you didn't see, could not time and did not name. And then maybe we get the license plate by taking a picture with our phones when we peel ourselves up off the the, the pavement. But we want to be able to say what happened. We want to be able to tell our story, want to be. So let's look at it with the help of some work from uh, Daniel here and uh, Investopedia, ways that uh, we can prepare for a market crash. In fact, let's go through a list of six ways that Americans can compare, can prepare for a market crash. What's the first one, Daniel? 
Well, first of all, I think what we do more than anything for a lot of people is risk management. Uh, we help them to identify what risk are they really taking and help them to figure out if, they, if that's a risk they really want to take. For a lot of people, especially if you have money in retirement accounts or money invested in brokerage accounts, a real risk is a market crash. It's going to happen. They, they do. It's just the nature of investing. Every so often we go through a correction or we go through a crash. In the 2005, we had two 50% corrections or crashes, if you will. It's going to happen. So one of the things that, that we want people to be aware of is how to protect themselves in the event of some kind of market crash. Now, again, this, this goes back to what your particular needs are. And if you're a young person investing for a long term in a retirement account, you may be able to weather a market crash. Market goes down 50%, it may not affect you. But for other people, that's that's devastating. And for some people, you really need that money. You can't afford to see a market crash. So the first thing that we want you to do is to diversify your assets. That's not have all your money in one place. If you have 100% of your money in an S&P 500 index fund and the S&P goes down by 50%, that's half of your money that's that's been wiped away by the market. That's preventable. If you have... 50% in an S&P fund and 50% in a bond fund, as an example, then in the market goes down 50%, half of your money goes down, not the other half. That's the benefit of diversifying. We want you to have different assets because they're going to go up and down at, the, at different times. Number well, in fact, we can go back to the engine. We'll get to number two we'll, we'll, real quick. We'll go back to that engine, you know. Well, Jaguar was famous for what, a 12-cylinder engine. And that's how the ride was so smooth. You had the cylinders going up as they were going down simultaneously. In other words, you did not want them all going up at the same time because that means they're all going to go down at the same time. That's going to be for a rockier ride. And one of the things that you could do, folks, is to look at, maybe you need some help. This is something we do. Look at some of the work that some of the foundations are doing to look at how they construct their portfolios. Notice it's not typically 60% stocks and 40% bonds or vice versa. It may be eight asset classes, six asset classes. We're not saying this is a template, but to Daniel's point, the more assets you have, think of it as legs under your stool, your portfolio stool. It's certainly going to be a more substantial base if we have six or seven or eight different legs under the stool, if we can, as opposed to one or two or three legs under the stool. So it's not much more complicated than that. So what's number two, Daniel? Fly into safety. Get your money off of the off of the tracks. Have some kind of exit plan. Now, if you're doing this yourself, it becomes harder because if you're doing it yourself, you're the one that has to figure out when do you get your money out of the investments or back into the investments. Uh, if you're working with a professional, ask them what is your exit plan in the event of a market crash. What are we What are we going to do, or what are you going to do to make sure my money doesn't get cut in half? Well, and to that point, <clears throat> excuse me, the first call is for you to declare what kind of loss can you accept? And if you are working with a professional, <clears throat> have them show you their track record in terms of how they have done. Look at first quarter 2020 or 21, 2020. Okay, so it looks like we lost John. So let's go to number three. And that number three is to get a guarantee. Now, guarantees aren't 
aren't for all of your investments, but they're good for possibly a portion of your investments. A lot of times we can get guarantees, guarantees through money market accounts, through cash, or through annuities like life insurance policies. That could make a lot of sense for a portion of your money. And sometimes the way we do is we'll figure out what kind of guaranteed income do you need? And we'll go back and figure out what kind of annuity that you need to get to get that guaranteed income. That's a great way to protect some of your money. Number four is hedging your bet. Now, hedges are things that are gonna work opposite of your other investments. So as an example, uh, years ago, international investments used to be a hedge to domestic investments because they worked inversely. Some, a lot of times international investments went, went down when, when domestic went up or vice versa. Today, global stock markets tend to work pretty closely. They all kind of go up and down together. So international positions aren't necessarily a hedge today, but there are things that still do work inverse, inversely of traditional investments. Now, it could be things like bond funds or alternative investments like uh, commodities or currencies or um, he other hedge positions like, like derivatives or, or um, options tradings. There are ways to hedge your bets. And it could be even just putting cash in your account. Cash tends to be a good, uh, a good hedge to to market volatility or gold in, in inflationary environments. Um, get, make sure you have some kind of hedge in your account because that's always going to be kind of the breaks to your portfolio. Um, the hedge is going to help you during really volatile times. Now, they may hurt you during really up times because you may not see, a little, see all, of those, all, all that upside, but they're going to help you a lot in down markets. Number five is paying off debt. When when the market crashes, it tends to be because we're having there's a lot of uncertainty in the overall market. That could be job and that could mean job insecurity too. So paying down debt become, can become very important. You don't want to have a lot of debt when we're going. In. You don't want to have a lot of debt, and your investments take a big dive too, because in the event that you need to liquidate some of your investments. To, to pay some of that debt, it becomes very dangerous. You're, you're liquidating positions that have taken a loss to pay off debt when you possibly should have been paying off that debt the whole time. Number six is finding the tax silver lining. A lot of times when you take a loss in your brokerage accounts, you can write off some of that loss. It becomes very important that you can, it becomes, it becomes a big benefit to write off that loss because you can write it off against your earnings in a given year or you can carry it forward for future years. So if you have too much of a loss in this year that you can't, that you can't write off, you can carry forward 3,000 of that going forward as long as you need to. That becomes a nice benefit and you write that off against earnings. So that's just a tax break that you can, you can continue to take it as long as you have it. And one of the biggest things that we, that we talk about is having, is everyone having their own individual risk number. And it becomes very important that you're, investments are invested to your risk tolerance. How much risk can you take? Everybody has a different risk profile. Uh, like I said before, the younger you are, the longer your time horizon, the more aggressive you can be. As you get older, those losses become, become critical to, to you having enough money. If you're going into retirement and you start drawing from your account, you really can't afford to see a 50% decline. If you see a 50% decline when you start taking money out, it wipes away a lot of your, of your investments right away. And the next year you have to take out another distribution 
just to, just to keep your lifestyle going and you already lost some. So what we do for our, for our clients, one of the first things that we do is we figure out what, what our risk tolerance is. And we can do that on our website. There's a questionnaire that, that we have them go through. You can find it at www.ybpoor.com. In the top left-hand corner, you're going to see avoid a financial pandemic. That's going to lead you through our risk profile to figure out what your risk number is. That becomes very important for us to help allocate your money and figure out how much of a loss you are willing to take at any, in any given year. So please make sure to go there and get your risk number. Uh, please reach out to us and we're, and we're happy to walk through it and figure out how much risk you're willing to take. So we're going to close it off for there for today. Thank you everyone for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning to Fiscal Fitness. Please join John Grace and co-host Daniel Medina again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an excellent week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas